This is the BBC Light Programme. Mr. Greenspade, never mind the commercials, mate. Oh. <laughs> Enough of the spin, span, spawn, the hern, hern. Give us a magic lantern lecture on this week's show. As you will, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on inserting the first colour slide, we perceive the title to be The Great Nadger Plague. <laughs> to the next side. It was in the year 1656 that the dreaded Nadra Plague swept across Europe like the dreaded Nadra Plague of 1656. <laughs> the next slide says... Oh, Jim! <laughs> Jim, men were cut down in the prime of their prime. They went down like pins of nine. Oh! We present a musical lantern slide which follows immediately. As you see, ladies and gentlemen, this beautiful slide shows the scene on the eve of the disaster. The stiddly hume of Lord Seagoon's Huntry of Coos at Ninfield in the Sounty of Cussex. The year 1656, or for our regular customers, at the reduced rate of 1537. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a plume of buns! Like croquet, Lady Plutt! You have fetched me ball and merry cracky cod! <laughs> See you later, the cart! Right, darling. Be gone, then, delicate creature. But see, who approaches? I pray pardon your plin, me lord Sigoon. Ah, me lord Footman, how tarries? Oh, a quill of quarrels and qualms. But I splorn, I deviate. Two ragged aristocrats await you. Usher them on in, or in out. Strike out that which doesn't apply. <laughs> There's no need, me lord. We took the liberty of striking it out ourselves. The voice came from one of two tall, naked men. Yes, pray pardon our alfresco appearance, but our tailor is ill. What's his name? Alfresco. <laughs> I am not of humor to know that. Would you just step over here by this reeking unmade bed? Yes, who is it? This bed is, and I quote from this prison discharge paper, the Comte du Jim reeking Moriarty, <laughs> knight of a hundred stars, cheval du notre caleur, and fish potter extraordinary. <laughs> Lord Sigoon, you're humble. You're revolting. What? <laughs> and now, I thought, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, Moriarty, announce my name. Certain mate. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, announcing in the brown corner at a 200 pounds, four shillings and eight pence. <laughs> my Lord Hercules, great pipe steen. Thank you, Moriarty. Neddy, we come from France seeking the hospitality for which the English are so ill-famed. My lord! <laughs> you couldn't have come to a better place. 
We could have, but we didn't have the money. <laughs> you jest, you faith. You're just a Charlie. Yes, yes. A chamber foil. Othello, smoke out the bedding in room number six. <laughs> it's the tick, you know. Of course. We have them every year about this time. What is the time? 4.20. Gad, they're late this year. Dear listeners, at that moment, the two men turned to go to their room, and I observed the seats of their trousers were burned out. I knew that sign only too well. It meant that these men were stricken with a dreaded Nadja plague. <laughs> Run for it! The Nadjas! The plague! Listeners will no doubt be puzzled at Seagoon's terror on seeing a pair of burnt-out trouser seats. To find the explanation, I will insert another coloured lantern slide which shows the good people of Ninfield assembled in the corn exchange. Gentlemen, Lord Sejun is right in calling this meeting. Well said, G. Apothecary of Ninfield, I have been studying the humours of the trousers for many years. And I can tell you that the two gentlemen staying at Lord Zegon's house are clear cases of the dreaded Nadja play. <laughs> Citizens of Ninfield, I must warn you, Beware the moment the seat of your trousers start to burn. Then you've got it. <laughs> oh, tell me, sir, how can we avoid catching this dreaded malady? There is no cure, Jim, but there is a preventative measure. Oh. Oh. As the disease only strikes the seat of the trousers, it is best that we desist from wearing any. <laughs> oh, here are horrors. But would it not be unwise for the men of Linfield to walk abroad without their nether garments? Remember, there's a hard frost in the mornings. <laughs> He's right. We can't risk damage to our crops. <laughs> however, however, I have an alternative. As the seat of the trousers is the vulnerable part, that portion shall be cut out. Oh, this is a lot of rubbish. <laughs> Nudges? I've never heard of it. It's all fish and vinegar, do you hear? Can you smell... Oh, me breaking Dear viewers, as you'll observe on this lantern slide, Lord Bloodnock had indeed been stricken by the Nadgers. Now, here on the next slide, you see the men of the village filing past Dr. Crun to have the seats of their trousers removed. Oh, mine, now here go, Dr. Crun. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, next, please. Your name, sir? Max Geldray, English gentleman. Bluegy. <laughs>
That was Max Geldray, BBC contract artist, now under the threat of death. <laughs> However, with the seat of his trousers removed, he could now face the world with a smile. <laughs> now, the Nadja Plague, coloured slide number four. Oh, you naughty, you naughty grad pipe fine. Oh, ho, ho. the way they all run away from the manor. Eh? Yes, that was a brilliant idea of mine that you thought of. What? Burning those <laughs> fake nadger holes in our trousers. Ah. Now, put on that lantern slide of Lord Seagoon's treasure chest. Right. <coughs> there. What a beautiful picture. Isn't it? Uh, I can't get the chest open. Well, try this lantern slide of a bunch of keys. <laughs> oh, voila, voila. They all fit perfectly. And look what's inside. What? A lantern slide of four pounds, seven shillings in coppers. Then it's true. He is a millionaire. The plague? He must be joking. No, I'm not. <laughs> the plague! The king has the breed. That the police shall be put in quarantine. And in quarantine. And surrounded by a cordon of genetic... Pardon of soldiers. What? Let's get out of here. Cass, just as the listeners already know, Finn and Moriarty in fake nadger trousers have made off with my entire fortune in coppers. Pausing only for an English summer. I'll leap on my favorite anim. That's better. Now, tango after them. We included that recording of a cockerel for people who like that sort of thing. <laughs> and, um, and now, here is a recording for people who don't like that sort of thing. <laughs> if listeners will stand on their beds and face north, they'll be able to see a portion of the ensuing lantern slide which shows a sentry on duty at the Nadja-ridden village of Ninfield. Oh, there goes there! <laughs> oh. It is a little owl. <laughs> Hello, little owl. I will make up a poetry up. <laughs> Hello, little love. I can hear you owl, little house. <laughs> Dear little lovely house. Shh, shh, shh. Look, look, Grip Pipe. Look over there. That 
Hmm? Uh, it's a... Hmm? What is it? It's a... Uh, hand me that book on British wildlife. <laughs> Let's see. Lady Docker. No, it can't be her. <laughs> Yes, yes. The lesser spotted sentry boys. And it bit my thin. I shall talk to him because I'm wearing the hat. Right, and I'll accompany you on this waistcoat. Is that all right for you? Me, me. Yes, right. <clears throat> I say, little ragged lad. Oh, you're not an owl. Of course not. Of course I'm not an owl. I'm on holiday. <laughs> but I had one. A headed one. You heard it? It went hot, hot, hot. It has Madame Tell brilliant impression. Tell me, little lad, can you do an impression of a sentry fast asleep? Yes, I can, yes. Yes? Lays on ground, closes eyes, does imitation cardboard snoring. Imitating ten seconds from now. What is it, Papa? Ten and ten. I'm imitating now. Oh, he's not finished. <laughs> right. All clear, grid pipe. Let's go, Paul. No! Good heavens! A piece of knotted string asleep at his post! Get up, you rotten twine! <laughs> Stop shaking me. You'll shake my nuts off. I'm not doing real sleeping. I was doing an impression of sleeping. Well, do an impression of waking up. Hello, ma'am. What's the breakfast? Very good. Now, tell me, little spring-type soldier, did you see two criminals go by with four pounds, seven shillings in coppers? No, but I saw two coppers go by with four pounds, seven shillings in criminals. <laughs> I have made a little joke, <laughs> Type I. Shut type up, type. Shut up, type. <laughs> You've let two men go through disguised as two other men. After the four of them. Wait. Why is that gas stove wearing a hat? He's going out. <laughs> that gas stove is Eccles. Splin, splan, splon. Poor little cardboard grenadier. <laughs> he thinks that the noble Eccles is a noble gas stove. Just to prove that he is mad and I am sane, I will question the gas stove in its own tongue. <clears throat> Hello, Gaston. Hello, Gurdon. Nolts, nolts, nolts. It's true. Eccles is a gas stove. Tell me, Eccles, what's cooking? <laughs> what's cooking? I, I don't wish to cook that. Get out of my oven. I mean, how did this fate befall you? Well, Nettie, now you're about another clue. While he was mumbling, I read an amazing story. 
Seemingly, as Eccles had no trousers, he could not avoid the plague by having the seat cut out, and had therefore swallowed a witch's magic potion, which had changed him into a gas stove, thus making him immune to the plague. This has given me an idea. I will hire me to the witch. Eccles, lead the way. But first, an impression of Ray Ellington. That's easy. Good night, one more night without sleeping Watching till the morning comes creeping Green door, watch that secret you're keeping There's an old piano and they play it hot behind the green door what they're doing, but they left her locked behind the green door. Wish they let me in so I could find out what's behind the green door. Knocked once, tried to tell them I'd been there. Door slams, hospitality is thin there. Wonder just what's going on in there. Sora and I both peeping through a smoky cloud behind the green door. When I said Joe sent me someone left out loud behind the green door. All I want to do is join the happy crowd behind the green door. A naughty spell. You are. You made a naughty spell. Uh, Henry, hand me that carton of frozen ashes, God, and a nose of a tack, buddy. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Yum to you. Are you using Mrs. Beaton's cookery book? Of course. It's the first thing that I put in. The door was opened by an elderly cupboard with the drawers open. Yes, I'm just putting some clean newspaper in. Yes, I understand. Some of my best friends are cupboards. Did you want me, young Welsh buddy? Mistress Bannister, are you the witch? Only part-time, man. See, the BMA don't recognize me. I didn't recognize you myself. <laughs> You've aged so much. Yeah, no. Oh. Don't you talk to me like that. No one doesn't. I'll... I caught him as he fell. Mistress Bannister, oh. I want a magic potion that will change me into some inanimate object. You mean you're not one? 
I caught him as he fell. <laughs> Here, young man, take this bottle of green liquids. Drink it when your powder's running low, and then you'll be transformed into any object you want, buddy. Thank you, ma'am. Here's my personal unsigned plasticine A-I-O-U. Thank you. And here's a tip, buddy. Great pipe thing and Moriarty are on their way to the Green Sailor's Inn. Oh. Hot, hot. Order! I don't know what mates are doing out on a night like this, mate. I don't know. It's a mate night for night. It's not a night. Is this the Green Sailor Inn? Yes, mate. Then part seven, in which two travellers arrive at the inn. Oh. <laughs> well, I'd better go and get the bids ready, mate. Oh, yes, yes, mate. Yes, mate, and a bowl of steaming venison and a side of mead for our horse's friends. Who's your horse's friends? We are. Oh, and landlord, we want a room with the walls facing inwards, a table laid with your best silver and napier. Eh? Yes, and a window overlooking our horse, and a set of knotted sheets hanging therefrom. Yeah. Wait a minute, mate. What, mate? Sheets hanging out the window? Yes, mate. I know what you're going to do, matey. <laughs> The moment my back's turned, that horse will be up them sheets for a free night's sleep. Oh, no. Oh, no. Curse it, curse it, curse it, Gritpipe. He's guessed our plans. All right, landlord, you've rumbled us. Put the horse on the bill. Yes, and hurry. All right, mates, in here. Room number 99. Named it after me old dad, I Oh, what a lovely room your father must have been. Yes. Wait. Oh, yes, look. And a guest over in the corner, mate. Yes, a bloke left it here earlier on. And that clock on the mantelpiece left his horse behind and all. Oh, I've never heard of a man with a horse behind, but I'll take a word for it. <laughs> it's the nudges what do it, you know. Really? I'll go and get your dinner. Thank you, lad. Thank you. Now then, great pipe. Let's count Seagun's fortune and see how much it comes to this time. Yes, Hello, listeners. Hear that ticking? <laughs> yes. That clock on the mantelpiece was none other than I, Neddy Seagoon. I had drunk the witch's magic potion and been transformed into an eight-day all-weather clock with device to waking you up with a cup of tea. Now I must maintain the deception. Dong, 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 dong. Dong, 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 dong. Dong, 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 dong. Dong, 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 dong. 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 Three o'clock? My watch says four. Dong. What? <laughs> it's nonsense. I make it seven. Dong, dong, dong. There's something strange going on in this room. That clock's slow. I'll wind it up from behind. Don't you dare touch me or I'll strike! <laughs> That clock spoke! It's witchery! Run for it! (laughs) (laughs) 
Listeners, they fled, leaving the Seagoon fortune behind. Listeners, they fled, leaving the Seagoon Shut up, Gasto. Now to change into human form again. Hand me the magic potion. I can't move. I'm a Gasto. <laughs> well, change back to Eccles. Okay. Hand me the magic bottle. I can't. I'm a clock. <laughs> and that, dear listeners, was 300 years ago. To this day, there is a room in the Green Sailors Inn available for travellers complete with gas stove, clock, and four pounds, seven shillings, and coppers. Good night, Charlie's everywhere. <laughs> That was The Goon Show, a BBC-recorded programme featuring Peter Sellers, Harry Seacombe, Spike Milligan, with the Wellington Quartet, Max Geldray, and the orchestra conducted by Wally Stott. Script by Spike Milligan and Larry Stevens. Announcer, Wallace Greenslade. The programme produced by Pat Dixon.